0: Oh yeah, they could have had both points last night in D.C. Go right ahead and feel that way. If Gino doesn't shoot wide on that last shootout attempt, if Casey DeSmith can even come close to stopping Evgeny Kuznetsov or Nicholas Backstrom in the shootout, any number of things involving the main guys through regulation and overtime. But here I go again, that isn't the issue. The main guys aren't the issue. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, not coincidentally, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. Capitals three, Penguins two via shootout. And not the most downbeat loss they've had, uh, partly because Brian Rust was able to tie it in the third period after the Capitals had taken a 2-1 lead on a long-range wrister from Marcus Johansson that was deflating. And they made a game of it and they competed and they skated in circles around Darcy Kemper and you constantly felt like it was right there to be had. Then they have the big PK in OT, when Gino was sent to the box for what looked like a phantom trip on TJ Oshi, who's not above diving. And then you get into the shootout and the first guy is Oshi and Oshi's literally the greatest shootout guy ever. Take that from someone who was in the press box in Russia, covering him in Sochi when he went down the ice a hundred times and kept scoring against the Russians with Vladimir Putin watching from another box. And DeSmith stopped him, and you're thinking, yeah, man, yeah, here it comes. This is going to be good. So when these games occur, there's a natural tendency to just look at the very end. Well, if only this thing hadn't happened at the very end. No. No, no. The Penguins, for the most part, particularly their top six forwards, particularly their top defensemen, and even, I should add, for the most part, their backup goaltender, got the job done. They played well. Didn't score as much as they wanted to, but played well. Competed. I'm going to hit pause right here because I know... If you're a regular listener, you know where I'm about to go, and you're thinking to yourself, no way. No way is he going to rip into the third and fourth lines again. Not when Danton Heinen scored another goal, his second in his many games. Yes, actually, I am, because that it's always nice to get from your bottom six, But what matters way, way, way more is that your bottom six gets done the gritty stuff that needs to get done, that they wear down the opponent, that they sustain the four check, that they do more than their fair share to ensure that you don't give up, wait, let me check, 43 shots. Between regulation and OT, 43 shots. And that's to say nothing of one of the more embarrassing power play goals against they've given up all winter. I like Ryan Paling. Nice player, uh, nice guy. Had a good talk with him just a couple of days ago. Paling was instructed to go onto the rink with a singular purpose. Any time the Caps would go on the power play, and that was to be the guy who ate the puck if it made its way over to number eight in the you-know-which circle for you-know-which purpose. He was supposed to be—that was it. That was it. I have been privy to the information that is relayed in these specific penalty-killing sessions beforehand, and the only thing that gets discussed as it relates to one player— who's picked on your PK, is you are just to lie down and eat vulcanized rubber tonight. Sorry, you drew the short straw. And I'm here to tell you that in the event that Zach Aston Reese was still on this roster or Brandon Tanev was still on this roster or any number of other former bottom six guys recently employed bottom six guys were still on this roster, they would have done it. And you can actually picture it in your head. You can picture Aston Reese or Tanev going down to make sure that eight wasn't going to get a shot off. We we might get beat by somebody. It could be, you know, (laughs) who did Paling leave him for? For Connor Sherry in front of the net. No, no. Okay, Sherry will always have a little special place in everybody's heart around here, but no! You stay with eight. You force the other four Capitals on the ice to beat you. And the reason that play didn't happen, well, first, here's Paling's explanation to our Taylor Haas last night in Washington. Uh Russian school. Just what happened? There. It seems like you just in you know, a split second. Yeah, <laughs> no, like exactly. Yeah, yeah. I didn't do my job, and uh I mean, when you give a guy that much time and space, he ends up making you pay for it. So, yeah, it was a tough one, and uh you just got to learn from that and move on. So, yeah, that's just what I did. Okay, I told you I liked him, right? I mean, that's that's standing up. That's saying, "Hey, it was on me." But it was, and if you were to get to know these guys and converse with them on a daily basis the way I do, and you got that sense from them that, yeah, I mean, we're on the third line and we're on the fourth line, but we're all kind of expected to do the same thing. No, no. That's how stuff like this happens. This team lacks grit to such a dramatic extent on the third and fourth lines that it's just Blowing my mind not that, that it isn't the front and center subject as it relates to this team. I don't remember, not for a long time, the third and fourth lines being this. Ooh, I was about to use a really lousy word. Uh, ineffective. There, how's that? Without getting into anyone's manliness, okay? Ineffective. They don't do anything. They don't achieve anything. And yes, that includes... When Heinen will pop a couple of goals or someone else will pop a goal here or there. I don't care. Do the rest of the stuff right. The other guys will score plenty enough goals. When we come back, J1Q. from Jay, who says, this is such a joke for a game to come down to Kuznetsov, moving at a snail's pace, creeping in past the blue line in over 10 seconds, just deking around. It's all legal, but it's all so stupid to watch, isn't it? Uh, Actually, I found a lot more colorful language for it than that in my head. I really don't like it. To me, it's not anything remotely resembling hockey. And while I understand and to an extent appreciate why the shootout's in place, you can't have extended overtimes. There's already 82 games in the season. You can't be adding more injuries to the pool. And you can't really make much of an argument of any kind in favor of some other thing. That would end it, or for that matter, for bringing back ties, no one wants ties. no one would be in favor of that, but watching Kuznetsov and he's not the only one that does this, but he's easily one of the league's most conspicuous barely budge the only thing in the rule book for anybody who doesn't know is that the skater, the shooter, is required. To continue at all times a forward motion. So even when you see him or Patrick Kane does this as well, where they'll go way off to the side and then kind of work their way back in, hoping to use some violent angle against the goaltender. They have to they still have to be progressing forward. If there's a line on the ice, like a like a long football type first down line, you know, those gold ones that they show you on television that has to be moving forward at all times. But his barely budged. And then he gets right in on the goaltender and makes a sudden herky jerky move. The goaltender's just not there's, there's it's very difficult to react And if that sounds like whining after the fact, if the Penguins had done it, I wouldn't be, believe me, you don't know me on this subject then, okay? I can't stand when anyone does it, including from the Pittsburgh perspective. But I do have an idea, and I don't believe that it's some novel thing here that I'm about to share. In practices, in hockey practice, in training camps under Mike Sullivan, whenever there's a inter squad scrimmage. When the game is done, they decide it via shootout, but they decide it via shootout and a chaser. What a chaser is, for those of you who have not been to a practice, someone from the other team starts out at the back blue line once the shooter gets started at the red line. So the shooter has an ample head start. The chaser really shouldn't be a factor If the shooter simply proceeds to go about the actual business, it looks more like hockey. It comes with infinitely more urgency and it brings back the vital component, I think, of speed. Anything that you do in hockey that's slow to me isn't hockey. That's Not to change the subject here, but that's a reason that I've gotten all cringy about these insanely slow three on three overtimes that we've seen, especially this season where the whole event has just, you know, become a crawl. This would at least have some, something to it. You know, you can't go all the way to the boards. You can't skate as if you're in molasses. You can't do that thing where you pull up in front of the goaltender and, take your good old time before you actually execute the shot, you're going to lose the puck and you're going to lose it before you even get to the other team's blue line if you try that crap. So I hope this happens, but I also know that the only way that the league would be in favor of it and the general managers and everybody else is if they could show That it wouldn't lessen the entertainment value, especially for more casual fans, which is to say they wouldn't want it to cut down the number of goals that are being scored. They don't want to see shootouts that are 0 for 10 until somebody wins it in the 11th round. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. Let's hook up again Monday.